Hello, this is Sarita, better known as Bible Study Girl, and we are back with another edition of the Bible Study Girl podcast. Yes. Per usual, you will hear Bible Study Brother in the background. He is the executive producer. What's good, people? It's your boy, Icarus Gray. Also known as Bible, Bible Study, Study Brother. Brother. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest on the podcast. We are talking to my grandmother. Um, I won't call her by her government name. Um, we call her Bully in the family. Welcome, Grandma. I'm going to have to be here. <laughs> or Bowie. Or Bowie. <laughs> we are glad to have you. Are you nervous? Not really. Well, great. I like that you come into this with full <laughs> confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her if we had any questions, if she had any questions before we started recording. And she said, yeah, uh, what are we getting ready to do? So <laughs> this is going to be... <laughs> A great interview. Um, I'm so glad you agreed to do this. I really just want to hear more about your faith journey because it's something that we don't really talk about. Um, so I'll fire away with my questions and you can answer them for me. Um, how Do you remember how old you were when you decided to be baptized? Oh, I was 11 years old. Oh, so you were older. Mama, right? I don't remember how old mama was when she got baptized. And she, yes, same age as mama. She's, yeah, same age. Man, look at Bible study, brother. Well, there was a reason that. for that, you know. What was it? During the time that I decided that I wanted to be a Christian, you had to do the mourner's bench. Mm -hmm. They did not allow you to go to the mourner's bench at five, six, seven, and eight. You had to at least be 10 years old before they would let you get on the mourner's bench. Really? And the mourner's bench was a bench that was in the church. Generally, we had two that would face at each other, mm -hmm. set up at the front of the church. And the children that wanted to uh, become Christians would sit on this bench. And you didn't just sit there. You prayed. Mm -hmm. And the people around you prayed. Mm -hmm. And when you left, you know, if you didn't tell them that you felt the Holy Spirit, you had to come back the next night. Hmm. And so what you would do was you would pray all during the day to try to find that spirit that would allow you to become a Christian, to believe in Jesus, to believe in God, and really to not only believe, but to have faith that you could stay with God. Mm-hmm. So I went back from that Monday. I went back that Tuesday. But that Wednesday night when I went back, I did what they call stepping off of the morning's bench. There would be two chairs in the middle of these benches. Mm -hmm. And if, you'd, if you felt that you had felt the Holy Spirit, you would get up and get in that chair. And so Wednesday night was my night, and I got in the chair. And that is when I professed my belief in Christ. Now, was it something physical you felt? Was it? Yeah, I don't think it was something physical that I felt. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a joyous spirit in me mm -hmm. and, and a, what, what I call an uplifting. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it did feel different. It, it did. really did. So that's what made you go 
you right. know, go and sit in that seat. So would you say, um, who was, you said that they would say, if you don't feel the Holy Spirit, who is they? Like my your, mother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mother, she said, what on earth? You need to go back to that morning tent. You have to know that I was a different child. What does that mean? That means I was a tomboy. I was rambunctious. I was just out here in the world. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoyed doing everything. And they were trying to get me to stop. And <laughs> I was still doing all those things. And so I think it was hard oh, for her to believe that I could bring myself in <laughs> enough to be saved. Like I said, I was. Yeah, she said, you need to go back. Yeah, you need to go back. <laughs> and so I didn't go back, yeah. though. I didn't. I think now maybe she was right. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe I should have gone back. And thought about because it. Because I had a long period in my life where I wasn't there and eventually came back. Yeah. I think we all go through that, though. So after you were saved at 11, you went on to your teen years. What was your relationship with Christ like? As a teenager. Well, first, before I talk about that, I'd mm -hmm. like to talk about what happened after I got saved. Okay, come on. I had to be baptized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't get baptized in a pool. Okay. <laughs> we went to the Muddy River. <laughs> okay. And the river that I went to was called Big Creek. I believe your mother went to uh, uh, Spring Lake. Oh, she went to Spring Lake. I think so. But anyway, um, Spring Lake or Magnolia Lake. One. Okay, Magnolia. Okay. But anyway, I went to Big Creek. Okay. And it's a place that I cross now about every two or three times a week, you know. Mm -hmm. And I look at that water every time I cross. <laughs> it looks different now because it's not as deep anymore. But when I went out there, I was the first one that went. And the minister that was out there, he had to preach over me. So you had to stay out there in that water until really? he got through preaching. With the snakes and... Yeah, with the snakes and everything. And so <laughs> finally came the moment to where he dips me in the water. Uh -huh. And when he dips me in the water, I felt something just wiggling all in my oh, back. See, no. mm -mm. Uh -huh. And see, I, I thought it was a minnow. You know, and I come out of that water screaming and hollering. And they were just all looking at me like, why is she screaming hard? Now, now I never saw this fish. I never saw anything, but I can tell you that it's something that I felt at that moment after they dipped me when I came out of that water. So I cannot say that was the Holy Spirit. I can't say that was a fish. I don't know. You felt something, though. I felt uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> See, that might would have made me say, you know what, y'all? I don't know. I think the other people that were there were, you know, you scared everybody behind you. I, th I think they, uh, <laughs> I think they looked and they just saying, "Boy, you know, she really came out of there." Because yeah. nobody ever questioned me about that. Nobody. Oh, they thought she were in the spirit, right? Yeah. Oh no. Mm -mm. Right. <laughs> And I'm not sure where I was, but I know I felt something. <laughs> you were you were definitely rambunctious. <laughs> I can only imagine because you're very rambunctious today. Um, this is true. Like Am I? Uh, you, <laughs> I, you know you are. I don't mean harm. <laughs> <laughs> to be explained. Yeah. <laughs> so 
teenage, what was your relationship like with Christ? Do you really have, like, what is that like? When I was a teenager, once I had professed religion, <laughs> uh, there were the times, see, we as kids, on Saturday nights, we would go to town. And in the town, there were alleys back there, what we call the alley. And they had juke joints. They had places to eat and different stuff. And then an open area where people just mingled outside. Mm -hmm. And so I would go because that was our time. We could just get away for a minute into town. Mm -hmm. And I would go up there and listen to all that music and stuff and come back to church on Sunday. And no sooner I get in church on Sunday, <laughs> I could hear all of that music that was played on Saturday. <laughs> and I was saying, Lord, I don't want this. You know, I don't yeah. want to bring this into the church with me. Yeah. I got to stop this. Also, the other thing I didn't want to do, I didn't want to let God down. I didn't. Mm. I wanted to shout, too. I wanted to know how to shout because I saw people shouting, and I wanted to know what that was about. I wanted to get up there and jump up like they did. And that did Because something had to be going on for that to happen, and I wanted to know what it was. I have never been able to do that. I have had feelings that were feelings that I felt were where I felt so grateful to God that inside me, it was coming out, you know, mm -hmm. but I never got that feeling of shouting. It was something I wanted, though. Do you think it's because just the family, like that's not our family is not really overly we're dramatic. But we're not very. I don't think that had anything to do with the you family. Don't? No, no, no. It just. It just wasn't in me it just to wasn't come out. Me. Okay. I tried to make it come out. It just <laughs> didn't do it. <laughs> okay. So how would you say your relationship with Christ changed when you had your first child? <laughs> That's a hard one because when I had my first child, my first child died at the age of two months. Mm. And I was very angry with God. Mm -hmm. I was angry because of the things that had happened to me in order to have a child. Yeah. I was angry that the child died. Mm -hmm. And I was angry because I didn't think I took care of the child enough for it to live. It was a lot of turmoil during that time. And I remember, I think I've told you all this, I remember when he died, I remember I cried so I could not cry anymore, I thought. It... It was really devastating to me. And I watched as my parents were devastated, too. Mm -hmm. It took a toll on them. You know, a lot of times you think that it's just all about you. It's not. And other people go through hardships with you. Yeah. So it, it did not make me think that God left me in any way. But I was angry. I was angry at the things that happened to me because I didn't think they should have. So how did you get over that, or did you? Is it something? Oh, I got over it, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't because what it was was <laughs> your mother was born. Mm -hmm. I had prayed for a child after he died, 
And I asked God to give me another child. And I really did. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and he did, you know. She was a child conceived out of a great deal of love for mm-hmm. me. And I, I I believe from her father, too. I think he would agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I still, in a way, felt I walked away from God. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't walk away in the sense that I no longer knew who he was or didn't feel his presence in my life. I walked away from doing the things that I should have done, that I should have been able to do to glorify God, and I didn't do them. I get it, though. I mean, when life hits you, it's easy to lose focus and not be concerned about doing things that please him because you're trying to manage your hurt on your own. So you have this beautiful bouncing baby girl that likes to eat cucumbers out of the garden. <laughs> Until she's green in the face. <laughs> Until she's green in the face. Um, so you feel like that started your healing. and Oh, I know that started my healing. Oh, yeah. How long do you think it took you? Do you know how long it took you to feel like you were in a place where you were okay? I know she was here, but... wasn't very long. Okay. It wasn't very long. I mean, even when I was carrying her, I was in a better place. Okay. So you felt like you got back what you... Yeah. Of course, you can't replace the child you no, lost. No, you can't. But... But with another child, you get a sense that all can be well. Okay. That the pain does not have to continue on the way that it was. It never really goes away, Mm -hmm. but it never has to continue in the severity that it was. Mm -hmm. And you can begin to look back and take that into perspective of not replacing, but put it where, you know, you can say, my child passed on and he went back to God. Is that something you talked to Mom Patriot and Daddy Hersey about? No, I didn't you talk never to anybody. T- okay. So never you, did. And she never, that's something you guys never. We didn't, you know, my family really did not talk about feelings. Even if I tried to get them to, they didn't talk. Yeah. And they still don't talk. They still don't. No. <laughs> I don't. have, especially my sisters. Now, my brother Johnny, he'll talk. Mm-hmm. I have no other brothers and sisters that will. Because if you get too deep, Doris will cut you off. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll say, oh, just leave that alone. (laughs) And lately, though, Linda and I have been able to converse more. Okay. Well, that's good. Baby steps. Yeah. Stepping along. Um, So you did mention your siblings. How many siblings do you have? We didn't talk about that. I have seven siblings all total, but mm-hmm. one is deceased. Okay. What number are you? I'm number two. Number two. Um, do you Best feel like number in the world? <laughs> he says that because he's number <laughs> two. <laughs> and you're also a second. That, that was more so while I was saying it. I didn't even think about the fact that I am number two. <laughs> um, 
So is faith something that you talked about with your siblings growing up? I know you said the family doesn't talk. I didn't talk about it with my siblings. Mm -hmm. My grandmother did talk to me about it. You Um, know, I was talking to Uncle Chauncey, and he was talking to me about Grandma Maddie, mm -hmm. and he was saying he can remember her on her knees on the side of the bed praying and he said she would pray for so long that he would think she was asleep mm -hmm. but she wasn't and then she would get, get up. up yeah <laughs> I never knew that like yeah. she so she's the one that you talk to about yeah she's she talked to me about <laughs> about God about Jesus about the Bible mm -hmm. oh some of the things that the ways that you should live um and tried to redirect me a lot because I needed it. But uh, she was the one that mostly, when I was a kid, that really uh, struck me as being a religious person mm -hmm. and who tried to live her faith. I saw other people, you know, that were religious, they said, but I didn't see them living their faith like I saw her. Okay. So I did have an image of someone who tried to do right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome. Very, very important. So you lose your first child. You have mama. Then along comes Uncle Michael. Yeah. Did that change your faith any, your relationship with God, or life is just no, chugging along? No. His birth did not change my relationship with God. <laughs> Changed my relationship with his father. So many similarities. So many. Okay, so that number two is a dangerous one. <laughs> now you are in your twenties. What is life looking like for you? Relationship with God, relationship with your children, family. What's life? At that particular point, I didn't know where I was, what I was going to do, how I was going to feed my children and take care of them. I had brought people into this world that needed to be cared for. Mm -hmm. I had family. We were poor, very, very poor. They needed to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. I have always thought about my entire family, not just my kids. I yeah. thought about my entire family because... I felt, I, I, I guess that's part of what I was taught coming up, that we were a group. We were not just a single entity. My mother especially always tried to make us into a fold mm -hmm. to where you don't just do for one, you do for us all. And so I started working, um, and I would bring, you know, put food on the table, uh, try and get things done, but I wanted to go to school. And so I was working, saving money, trying to go to college. And even when I got the chance to go to the college, then the program was closed down So, because mm. I went down to AM&N and they had closed the nursing program down. I wanted to be a nurse from I don't know when. And uh, they had closed it down, so I ended up coming back home. Now, Belle was born then, and Michael was born too, but... I was still trying to get out here and, and get an education to try to make things better for us all. Yeah. So what made you decide to 
move to St. Louis? Was that a faith move? Did somebody call you and say, there's opportunities here? How did that happen? I needed an opportunity. The job that I had, I was working at a, a restaurant. I'd have to walk seven miles a day to get two jobs. Two? To the job. Two. Seven miles. To the job. To, to the, the job. job. And then home from said job. And somebody might bring me back home. Did you say, say okay, I'm going to get off. She of, said Okay, miles. go ahead. Which and is the number of completion. <laughs> she was completing her journey. I had done that for quite some time, but, you know, that was wearing thin. I didn't know. I, I, I really needed to be able to get somewhere where I could get some steady work that didn't involve all of that, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so I talked to my mother and I told her that I wanted to go somewhere else besides here in Arkansas to uh, get some work. And my choices, no, not my choices, their choices were <laughs> either you go to Kansas City where Uncle Blue and Uncle George are, mm -hmm. or you go to St. Louis where Mom is. Mm -hmm. Mom was the lady who raised my mother. Uh-huh. I didn't go to Kansas City because... <laughs> They didn't allow their grown son to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and this wild rambunction, she's not, you're not going to hold I me down. I was not going to be able to maintain <laughs> their standards. Yeah. It was simple as that. Yeah. And mom, I mean, I knew mom. Mom come down there, well, we have a great time. So I went where mom was. I went to St. Louis. <laughs> It's funny to it, see where we get all of our stuff from. Everything. Like, <laughs> isn't it crazy how stuff just goes from yeah. generation to generation? Yeah. Like, okay. Like so once I got to St. Louis, <laughs> I mean, I went job hunting and really didn't take but a moment to get a job. And it wasn't seven miles, huh? No. Okay. There was a bus that you could get <laughs> to get to where you wanted to go. I did not have to walk. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that made a lot of difference and I started to making money, but... You know, moving away and going somewhere else, it takes it's a it's a it's a change in you. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready to be able to adjust. Yeah. If you can't adjust, and you're gonna have a whole lot of problems. That's and true. Really, at that point in my life, I was just looking. I mean, I was ready for the adjustments because I wanted change in my life. I didn't want to stay like I was. Oh, that's a word. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran into someone that, uh, you know, what can I say about the dear man? Because he's gone on now. <laughs> and he's the father of my baby girl. Okay. But that portion of my life is a portion that I asked God never to let me go through again. Because I felt I wasted two years of my life mm. and two years of a life when I could have done better for him. Mm. And so I prayed to him never, ever again to take myself through two years and just take myself out like I did with, with him. Because I put up with a lot of stuff from him. And I almost lost my life with him. Because he did try to kill me. Mm. And I was pregnant with Vicky, which is part of the problem that Vicky has today. Uh, when I came to, I could feel tingling in my arms, legs, and everything. 
and I had urinated on myself, and he was sta- sitting above me looking like, you know, she's dead mm-hmm. <laughs> when like. I came back. And so in that, I realized that God had another plan for me. He didn't mean for me to go then. Yeah. And so I guess God, well, really, he's always been in my life, even though I thought I had walked away from him. He was there. Right. I always prayed. I always got on my knees and prayed all the time. So when you wake up, how do you, you were done done when you woke up and he almost killed you? Or did you go try to give it another chance or were you done done? Honey, I was done done. Okay. When I woke up and I told him, I got to do something different. I grabbed Vicky and I called a bus and I brought Vicky down to my mother. Bev and Michael were already there. So I brought Vicky down there too because I knew he would try to use her to come to back. Get back to me. Yeah. And I told them if you come down there, do not give him my child. Okay. And I came back to St. Louis. And when I got back, we had our true falling out. <laughs> And he said, this town is too small for the both of us. And I said, where are you going? Because I will be here. (laughs) See, you, you are, I see a lot of myself in you. (laughs) Yeah. Again, this has been the weirdest. This is, I see a lot of myself in you. This is eye-opening like (laughs) that's where it comes from it's not something we've ever discussed well don't don't think it just comes from me it comes from god it doesn't just come from me well he's yeah we're we're just the 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 things that have manifested in us that we watch the the moments of adolescence where it's like i'm not quite sure that there's somebody who understands this thing that i'm doing and it's like no I'm living a life that someone has lived <laughs> that is very close to me that I that I could have talked to about these things. That's true. So he left. Were you a nurse at this point? No. No. Oh no. Um man, there's so much I want to talk about. But I was trying to get into nursing school at that time, but I had I was in a place where I didn't even know how it worked. And so I did not know how to get into nursing school. I didn't have the money to pay to go to nursing school. I had to work. I had to have a job. You had to have the time to go. Mm -hmm. So all of those things were not working out together. And so finally, I met someone else who was from my hometown, and we were living together. And he and I had been dating for quite a while, and eventually that came to an end, and I remember him saying to me, you are nothing. You will never be nothing. So I'm gone. Mm. And I said, go ahead on. Because what you call nothing is not nothing. I am somebody, and I will prove it to you. But most of all, I will prove it to myself. I all went straight right back to now. nursing school. All right That's now. when I went to nursing school. <laughs> and so I think God puts things in your way. So that you can see a path to get to where you're supposed to go. Now, 
granted, that does not seem like it's something that God would do. I believe it. But I, it is. It because is. Because he gave me the focus then to go ahead and do, because I was just wasting my time with him and not pursuing my dream. Yeah. But once he was gone and out of the picture, my dream began Honey, to be fulfilled. This is my life, too. <laughs> so I just, This is my <laughs> life. So I went on to nursing school, and I didn't miss a beat. I didn't miss a beat. Was it hard? No. I mean, I was working at a tavern, so I worked at night mm-hmm. and went to nursing school during the day. Now, I do, I do know you have an awesome tavern story. Oh, Lord. Yeah, but you got, ooh, we got a lot because we still ain't even made it to today. But we I haven't made this. it to today, but I need all of this. So you have an awesome tavern story. Joe is going to segue us out because we're going to break you into episodes because you have a very full life. You have all the stories, and we are here for it because mm-hmm. it's, Amen. it's eye-opening for me. Definitely opening for me. Although you and I talk a lot and we talk about a lot of different stuff. We don't I I'm learning new stuff about you. This is great. And it's And with Bible study girl, yeah. I'm learning a lot of stuff about you. <laughs> <laughs> and you two at home can learn all the things about Bible study girl if you go to the website BibleStudyGirl.com where my sister posts blogs every day you can listen to the bible study girl podcast on all streaming platforms be sure that you're commenting with us in the comments over on social media where you can follow my sister at underscore bible study girl on instagram bible study girl number two the the number two on twitter and uh email her at bible study girl 2019 at gmail.com so do that and always remember it is not I preach, it's not they preach, it's not you preach, it's we preach. And until we meet again, guys, keep preaching. <laughs>